0: Uh, anybody uh, been watching the Olympics at all? Like, anybody? Okay, uh, so some of you are sleep-deprived like me uh, the last two weeks. You've been staying up and uh, watching the Olympics. And, and, and you know, the, the Olympics, like the, the rings of the Olympics really is to symbolize, like, people coming together and the sport coming together. Are, you know, like, we'll gather, the world will gather around sport for two weeks every four years. Uh, That's really what it is all about, and the rest of us, we go to our televisions when we chant USA and all of those kinds of fun things, right? Is he going to win? Is she going to get the gold? But I just wonder with you if there is something bigger than sport that could bring us together, I wonder if there's something uh, bigger uh, than the Olympic Games uh, that that could bring people together. And in fact, over the next several weeks, we're going to get into the book of Romans. We're only going to do the first half because, man, there's a lot in Romans. But we're going to look at this idea of being together around something larger than ourselves. And Paul's going to challenge us. This ancient writer is going to uh, to begin to just chip away at some some pieces of our life and, and challenge us to uh, to a higher calling to come together around something bigger. I was thinking I was thinking of a variety of people this week. I was thinking of um, maybe the athlete. You know, uh, someone who, who is just an extraordinary athlete. We all have been watching the Olympic Games. We've seen some amazing athletes. But, but maybe you're an athlete. Uh, maybe, maybe you uh, just do things extraordinarily well when it comes to playing games. And, and you, have a, uh, you have a tendency, maybe, maybe when you're out on the field, to believe in you. Right? You're that good. You're, you're amazing, in fact. Other people look to you to make the game happen. Uh, maybe maybe uh, you, know, you work with your hands, right? Uh, maybe you work with power tools or tools, and, and you're just extraordinarily good at it. Uh, people notice this about you, and, and you know that they notice it about you because they're coming to you uh, to work on things. Whatever that is. Maybe you work on computers and you have your tools there. Or maybe, you know, like this wrench would suggest you're a plumber or, uh, you know. But you you work extraordinarily well with your hands. And and there's a temptation uh, for you to believe in what it is that you do. Because you do it better than anybody else. Maybe... Maybe, I, I brought this along, I uh, hope my daughter won't mind, uh, you know, maybe maybe you're, uh, I don't even think I can get my head in here, um, but maybe, maybe uh, you're a stay-at-home mom, and you work really hard, but you're the best mom in the neighborhood, and um, all the other moms really want to be like you, and, um, and you know, like, you're like super mom. You do everything for your kids. You, you make sure that they get where they need to go. And, and uh, you know, I don't know, maybe you bake cookies for your kids or, or other kids are saying of, uh, of, of you to, their, to your kids, like, man, I, I wish my mom was like your mom. If that's you, you know, maybe, maybe you have an opportunity there. And you, and you think, oh, man, I am... I am the best. I'm the best. Maybe, maybe you're uh, in the medical profession. Um, I'm stealing things from my kid's toy box. Uh, maybe you're in the medical profession and, um, and, and you're just really good at what you do. And, and people look to you uh, to, like, save them, right? They come to you expecting, like, uh, you need to give me a pill. You need to, like, give me a surgery. You need to, uh, you know, just fix me, whatever it is. like, uh, And you're really good at it. You are good at fixing people because that's what you do. And, uh, and so maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe you're just really good at fixing people. And you're, you have this temptation once in a while to believe that, it's just about you. Maybe maybe you're a student and you're getting ready to go back to school. How many students out there? Are you guys excited? You're psyched, aren't you? You're super excited about going back. And maybe, maybe you are excited because you're an excellent student. You're fantastic. You're wonderful. Everybody wants to be like you. If you're, uh, you know... It, if you're not that kid, then, then you want to be that kid, because they are amazing, and you want to believe in that. I wonder, sometimes in this area of belief, if we realize that everybody, whether they're a mom or a professional, or a blue-collar worker, or a white-collar worker, or a student, or an athlete, that we all have to decide to believe in something. And sometimes we decide to believe in ourselves rather than something else. That we decide that we are going to believe in only what it is that we can control, I think, therefore, I, I am. I, I will control what I can control and I will believe only in the kind of experience that I can have. And some people uh, really decide to go there. I'm a great mom. I'm a, I'm a great uh, professional. Uh, I'm a great worker. Everybody believes in me and I will believe in nothing beyond me. But Scripture... Scripture calls us to believe in something much bigger. It calls us, quite frankly, to trust in something larger. It calls us to believe and have faith in something beyond ourselves. I'm in Romans chapter 1. And Paul is going to, in really no uncertain terms... Uh, Begin the book of Romans by saying, hey, you need to believe in the God who gives good news. You need to believe in the God who gives good news. Listen uh, to chapter 1, verses Uh, 14 through 17. If you're following along in the Bible, uh, in front of you in the Pew Bible, uh, it's going to be page 782. I'll give you a minute uh, to get there. Page 782. Paul is asking us to believe in something larger than ourselves, no matter how good we are at it. He's saying, believe in the God of good news. It begins in verse 14. He says, I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks. Both to the wise and the foolish. Now, this is Paul. I'm obligated. Here's a man who didn't want anything to do with the gospel. He was going to live according to his own experience and believe really in himself in order to get things done. And suddenly, something has come along in his life that's so powerful that he now has, has shifted gears. This is a guy who is persecuting Christians and now is a Christian and, and, and proclaiming good news, saying, you need to believe in this. And he's obligated to give it. He says, I'm obligated, I'm obligated, both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish, this is why I'm eager to preach the good news to you who are in Rome. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Uh, he might really be saying, I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the gospel. Because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness, that's by faith, from first to last. Just as it, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Paul's asking, Paul's prompting, Paul's pushing, will you believe, will you trust, will you have faith in the good news of God? Now I want you to listen to to what the content of that gospel really is. I don't know if you caught it, it's in verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, I'm proud of the good news. Well, what is this good news? Uh, What is it? He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Now, every time that Paul mentions, uh, almost every time that Paul mentions power, uh, he's not talking about power like, you uh, you know, the weightlifting competition, okay? He's not talking about power as in, can Josh really get the pancake over the building this time? It's not... Not that kind of power. He's not talking about the power that that comes in engines and motors, you know, that can be manufactured. He's talking about the power of the resurrection. When Paul mentions power, he's talking about the kind of creative power that only God has to take something dead and bring it back to life. And so he says, the good news to you and to me is the power of God. It is the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus who would come down, who would become a man, who would take his place in heaven and descend to earth, becoming a man forever. Die and resurrect. When he says power, it's all wrapped up in that And what was this power for? Was it just so that God could could impress us with how good He is? With how how mighty He is? So that He could uh, flick His finger and wiggle His nose and everyone would know and we could bow in fear and reverence to this awesome God? No. It was so that we might know that God wants to give to us. Notice what he says. It's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. So the question, the question that we're prompted with, uh, no matter where we might be on this scale, Whether we're moms or dads or or professional white-collar workers or professional blue-collar workers or extraordinary athletes or students, the question that is prompted in us is, what is it that we believe? Who is it that we serve? What is it that we trust in? Paul's prompting us and he's saying, will you believe And the God of the Bible who brings good news. It's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. And here's the deal. Here's the great thing. If you are someone who is willing to believe, if you are willing to believe that the God of the universe, the one who created the sands on the seashore, who put the stars into place, if you're willing to believe that, uh, that there is a God who would send His only Son from heaven to earth. That He might live the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died. If you're willing to believe that. Then not only is He going to give you salvation. Not only is, going, is He going to grace you with something you haven't earned. Nor do you deserve but he's also going to share the power with you. The greatest thing, the greatest thing about this belief in gospel with Jesus that Paul is prompting us toward, that we can celebrate together, is that it brings us, it brings us to the doorstep of God's kingdom. And we get to be a part of practicing that kind of power. Isn't that neat? Like the resurrection power wasn't just then, but it's now and it will be. For all of you that were a part of the back to school drive, God's power having lived in you in such a way that the Holy Spirit would prompt you to give your time and your money and your effort. The kingdom, the kingdom of God and the power of the gospel is is becoming real. It's being played out right in front of us. Every time you go to a funeral like the one I had to attend early in June, Every time you go to a funeral and you recognize that the person that is lying in the casket was a believer in Christ, it's the power of God that says, hey, I know they're lying there. I know they're lifeless, but they're not dead. And there's hope. You see, what, what Paul is prompting us toward is the kind of belief in the God of the gospel that says it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who will believe. And if you will believe, then that power will be, will be present in your life in more ways than I can possibly stand up and mention. What's the content? It's the power of God lived out in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But why? Listen to why. Listen uh, to to Paul tell us why this belief is so important. Verse 17, "...for in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just just as it is written." The righteous will live by faith. Why is it that we should believe? Gang, here's the deal. Righteousness is about being set right. How many of you have ever tried and tried and tried and tried to do something only to realize that you didn't have the kind of hands that you needed to do it? When I was a little kid, Uh, There was a, a, I grew up primarily in Colorado and uh, grew up in the mountains, and there was a little creek that ran in front of our house. And uh, during runoff, it was like, you know, a, a good running brook, you know? And so as a kid, I always wanted to create like a little dam right there, you know? Like I'd pile up the little rocks and I'd get the twigs, and I could never, ever stop the flow of water. I mean, it was so annoying. I mean, I could, I could get a little pool, uh, but I, I didn't have the right tools, and it didn't matter what I tried. I couldn't stop the water from, from, from either destroying the dam that I was trying to create or just, just flowing right over the top or around the sides. It never worked. Gang, your life and mine is a lot like trying to stop A flow of water. You see, all of us in this room, at one point or another, have rebelled against God. We've done something we knew to be wrong, and the Bible calls it sin, which separates us from God. And we can try and try and try all we want. We can try and build the dam and do it ourselves and say, no, we're going to stop this thing. But we can't. The truth is, in trying, we're sinning. What Paul is saying is that if you will believe, it's the power of God for salvation, but that He is the one that can make you right again. And we haven't gotten there, but let me just tell you, Paul's going to be saying, Stop. Stop trying so hard to make yourself right. That's a dam you're never going to build. Because only I can make you righteous. That's the message of the gospel. And then, and then, we get to live out a right life. And we get to allow right things to happen through us because God is making us righteous. Isn't that cool? So, so like this, it, it kind of works like this. Uh, I, I don't love litter, I'm a runner. I like to go running, and, and there is this avenue right by our house uh, that has a sidewalk on it. And it's just uh, the kids will come down from school, and they'll just leave all of their stuff. And it just irritates the snot out of me. And, and I decided one day that, that I needed to do something about it. Now, I'm going to say it this way. I don't love picking up trash. In fact, I really don't like it at all. But God calls us, those of us who have said, I believe, who have had a righteousness revealed to us, who have been graced with the idea that we're no longer sinners, but ones who are righteous because God has made us righteous, that we need to be a part of setting things right in the world and it's a small thing. So when I'm running I stop regularly and I pick up trash. God's righteousness living itself out. Husbands, how many times have you how many times have you walked into your house and and there's a there's this terrible thing that has happened? Um, you walk into the house and you recognize that the dishes in the dishwasher are clean. And so you have a choice, right? Close the door or take the two minutes it's going to take to put the dishes away. And righteousness, believe it or not, might be living itself out in those moments. Picking up trash, putting away the dishes. Uh, maybe as a parent, you, uh, you love your kids, but you don't worship them. You love them, but don't worship them. And so just every day, every day you try and make sure that your kids uh, know where you stand with Jesus. And you say, you know, I just want you to know. I love you, but I love Jesus more. And Jesus is doing great things in you. And the power of God and the righteousness he's displayed in you begins to live itself out. (coughs) Gang, over the next several weeks, we're going to dig into Romans. And we're going to come together around this that we believe in the God of the Bible who has sent His Son and in the power of the resurrection has come to change us. Not so that we can work so hard, but so that we can learn to believe and grow our faith in Him. Are you ready for that? All right, let's pray. Gracious God, I thank you for your goodness. We love you. And I pray for all those, Father, athletes, students, workers, Moms, dads, I pray for all of us that we will hear the whisper of your words in our ears. And Father, that we will hear that you are making us right. And because we are, that we will go out and make the world right. Help us to feel an obligation to believe in your word, your gospel. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.